0: This is Podcast Maps. My name is Graham Brown. Welcome back. Thanks for joining. This is episode 10 in the series. We are talking about how to be successful in the world of podcasting because it's getting harder, folks. Today is all about how it's getting harder and what you need to do, how you need to level up your game in podcasting to stand up above the noise. It's getting very noisy out there. Just look at the numbers. If you go to episode one of Podcast Maps, you have a look at some of the headline stats on podcasting today and where we are and how fast it's growing. So that means in basic economic terms, supply and demand, that if the supply is outstripping demand, then the competition for the limited resources of The attention of your audience is going to drive up the effective price of that attention. What does that mean? It means that the rules of the game are changing. What I want to talk about today is the macro trend in podcasting 2021. And that is, it's getting easier to produce and harder to promote podcasts. You see, most people are podcasting like it's 2019, and which is fine because like 2019 was a world away and everything was good before COVID and things were working well and businesses were just kind of doing their thing, making money. Then COVID hit and changed everything. But we're still stuck in that era when it comes to podcasting. What I mean is, you know low production values people podcasting without proper microphones people podcasting without narratives i don't mean you have to create a wondery style business wars epic you know 2 to 5 million downloads as you'll find out if you listen to episode 4 of podcast maps you'll see just how wondery does it however you don't need to have that level of production you don't need to be sending spending six figures on an episode. But what you do need that you can learn from Wondery or NPR or any of the great production agencies out there is narratives. And what I'm seeing is people are still podcasting without narratives in the same way you wouldn't read a book if it didn't make sense. You wouldn't read a book if chapter one and chapter two were completely different. Unless it was some kind of reference guide. You know, in that sense, you've got a bit like Tribe of Mentors by Timothy Ferris, or The Four Hour Body, or Tools of Titans, which are really just notes. I've got them, but I dip into them. I read a chapter and that's enough. But that's not how people consume audio. If you listen to episode nine... The last episode, we talked about Brand Originals Podcasts. And if you want to find out more, just to kind of get a feel for what it sounds like, go to brandoriginalspodcasts.com. Brandoriginalspodcasts.com. I put that site together just to keep a track of all the great work that's out there. Because it's hard to keep a track. Some's on Apple, some's on Spotify, some's exclusive to all these different platforms. So I wanted to keep a track of it so people like yourself can listen to it, see what's possible. Now, you might not be a B2C brand like IKEA, which do a great job, by the way, of converting their catalog into a podcast. However, you can learn from the narrative audio storytelling techniques in Brand Originals podcast, whether it's the wonderful Real Dictators by Noiser. I think those guys are fantastic, what they're turning out at the moment. I love their work and you should go and check it out. To see, to hear what is really possible if you put your mind to it. Of course, it requires a bigger budget, but it's not the budget that's the enabler. It's the way of thinking Years ago, I think more than 20 years ago now, for my sins, my first ever business was selling websites back in the late nineties. I was selling websites to businesses back then. In the days you could sell websites, you could knock on the door and ask Mr. Business Owner, do you want a website for your business? This was 1998. I'd just come back from Japan. At the time, 1998 in internet world was Netscape Navigator and AOL CDs through your letterbox. That's what it was back then. People were getting onto the internet. If you had Windows 97, you were ahead of the curve. So we were out there selling websites. And I remember one client asking for us to literally scan their brochure and upload it to the website. And that was their website. I'm not saying literally in the millennial sense. I mean, literally, really, it was six pages, one page per page of the brochure. And it just had a scan. It didn't have any other content or text or anything. And they were happy with that. They paid us good money for that because in their day, they didn't have the equivalent of brand originals podcasts to look at. They didn't have an idea of what was possible. All they were doing is importing the paradigm of the previous medium into the world of a new medium. It's new media, but business as usual. In the same way that TV was radio with pictures, right? When it started, because that's all they knew. And in the same way, most podcasts today are PR, but digital. And what I mean by that is it's no different from a magazine interview or a radio interview, but digital in the sense that it can now scale beyond the scheduling of the network and across many, many different markets. But what that means is that all of those podcasts that are effectively just boring interviews, as opposed to conversations, as opposed to narratives, are now Just noise. Go back to that macro trend. It's getting easier to produce and harder to promote a podcast, meaning supply and demand. The cost of retention is rising, meaning that you have to be really good to buy my attention as audience, right? I'm not going to listen to that anymore. I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to listen to Wondery. I'm going to listen to Noiser. And once I hear these, my expectations change. No longer will a one-on-one interview with prepared questions work. In the same way, after some time, no longer did brochure wear rub. It wasn't enough. People started seeing what was possible. Actually, I could interact with this website now in ways which weren't possible in the print world. So that's why when we look at podcasts, we've got to move beyond the PR comms mindset in podcasts. We've got to push ourselves beyond the old paradigms. We've got to get ourselves up the curve because if we don't, what's going to happen is we're going to get left behind. And that's a key part of what I talked about in episode seven of podcast maps, the changing Spotify and Apple algorithms, because the majority of people who are still stuck in 2019 are focusing on off store as opposed to on store promotion. Off store promotion means effectively spending 80% of your time, getting your guests and getting your guests to share, which has its value, but, that value is going away. Because what Apple and Spotify want you to do is not bring them lots of fly-by listeners who will listen to John's episodes, but not Mary's, because they're the fans of John. After all, they'll do anything in the same way that Elon Musk can sell flamethrowers, doesn't necessarily validate the model for flamethrowers which is also another point I talk about in key trends in podcasting today when I talk about Clubhouse go back to I think that one was let me have a look at the list here that was probably like episode 8 yeah episode 7 sorry episode 7 again with the one about algorithms but also I talk about Clubhouse in there as well that's from my podcasting for brands webinar that comes up every month so if you want to join the next webinar it's live, podcastingforbrands.com. I talk about the key trends in podcasting. So last time I talked about Clubhouse, I talked about changing Spotify and Apple algorithms. You know what that means? It means it's getting tough out there. We're no longer a cottage industry joined by availability and the people around us. No longer is that enough. What's happening is, is some of the publishers, some of the content producers, some of the podcast hosts are effectively learning the rules of the game. And as they learn the rules of the game, it means they can consolidate their resources in the same way. You see that in all models, you see it in publishing everywhere. We're long beyond the publishing revolution, going way back to Gutenberg's printing press. You know, when that started, that was all penny chapbooks as they were called chap from the Old English Cheap, the early printing press, the Gutenberg printing press heralded, ushered in a revolution in content. And interestingly, the content that was being produced at the time was books, which sold for one penny. And the kind of content that they talked about wasn't what was before in the manuscript world, these very highbrow, high production pieces of work. They were lowbrow. There were stories about The Green Man or Reynard the Fox, for example. Folk tales. That's how it started. But over time, publishing consolidated. Because what then happened was, as somebody got a bit of success, they learned, actually, I can diversify a little bit here. I can have a guy now just involved in acquisition. I'm going to get him just to go out and acquire talent. So the equivalence of that happens in all media. Look at music, for example. What started initially as a cottage industry consolidated, and then you had the record labels, and then the record labels consolidated. And then you had like the big four, and then it was the big three, and then the indies. And the indies were eventually owned by the big record labels anyway. And that follows out a whole lifetime in a generation in media. We're seeing the same now in podcasting which for us is good news and bad news. The bad news is, is that if you're not playing that game, you're going to lose out because Apple and Spotify, this is an episode seven, are going to send you less traffic. And that therefore means that your off-store strategies are going to be less effective. You need to get on-store and go to episode three in podcast maps and check out what podcast SEO is. You need to get on-store and start working on your keywords you need to start working on your category, working on your cadence, working on your consistency. Because 2019, you could get away with publishing one a month, right? And in the same way, back to publishing a media, different analogs, Amazon, when they first enabled the world of self-publishing with Kindle and Create Space. What happened was is that the first publishers, the first authors who got their books out onto Amazon, found huge audiences ready, hungry for the content. So the model at the beginning of Amazon self-publishing was one of build it and they will come. If you publish a book, you'll find an audience. That was the beauty of Amazon. You could put it into a niche like garden furniture, and you would have an an audience there, ready-made. So the whole zeitgeist of self-publishing, the whole focus of conversation at the time was about publishing itself, was about production, was about how to write a book and why you should write a book. But the problem is now that Once the whole market was educated about writing books, okay, you can do it. You can write a book. You don't have to be a celebrity to write a book anymore. Just go ahead and do it. Once we had educated the world about publishing and writing and how to do it and why they should do it, the supply of books grew exponentially. And when the supply of books grew exponentially, it outstripped the audience. So now the pendulum shifted... From a focus on production to a focus on promotion. That's why now on Amazon, it's really hard to become a bestseller. You can't do it as an amateur without knowledge. Writing a book is easy. Publishing a book is hard. Writing a book can be done by AI. In fact, there was a bot that wrote 10,000 books on Amazon, only got outed last year. Can you believe that AI? It just goes to show that production is the easy part. Promotion is the hard part and it's happening now in podcasts. And many podcast hosts still think we're in 2019. They still think it's okay to publish one a month. And that was okay in 2019, but there's a lot that has changed in that. The average publishing cadence in the business category. And if you want this, you can go to episode one and get all the data from Podcast Maps and my podcast SEO guide, which you can download free. If you haven't got it, go and grab a copy for free and read along. A lot of this will make more sense to you. It's got data in there talks about SEO, and also talks about optimizing your podcasts for the algorithm. Think about it. One a month, yeah, the average in business is 6.3 a month. That's the top 200 podcasts over the year. So think about that. The average of the top 200 is 6.3. Now, what does that mean? It means that Those audiences are trained to listen to 6.3 podcasts a month. So if you're publishing one a month, I'm listening to episode one. I'm waiting a month for episode two. In between, I'm subscribing to everything else. I'm subscribing to all your competition. And while you may not see them as competition, it goes back to what the scarcity of resources is. The scarcity of resources is attention. I can only listen to so many podcasts. And whilst us collaborating in the industry, one plus one equals three is great. Ultimately, at the end of the day, all these podcasts are competing for a finite amount of attention and time. So if you're already publishing one a month, what's happening is, is between those publishing dates, you're audience is dropping off. And we see this. I can see this in the rankings data that we publish on podcast maps. I can see this, that podcasts have, at most in business, a two-week window, after which their rankings drop off. Meaning that a combination of the algorithm of Apple and Spotify and the actual raw audience listener numbers are keeping that podcast in the public eye for two weeks after which the algorithm kills it and then it has to start all over again. So by the very least, if the hypothesis that there is a two-week window is correct, a business podcast should be publishing every two weeks, not every month. So that's something to think about. And think about, for example, in the entrepreneurship category, Look at the top 10. You've got people like Tim Ferriss and Gary Vee in there. Tim Ferriss publishes about six a month. Gary Vee publishes 30 a month, one a day. Now, that means that he's constantly, constantly in the radar, on the radar and winning the attention of his audience meaning they're not going away. So you've got to now compete for the same eyeballs and earballs. We have to move beyond 2019. Now we don't have to do it by doing Gary V or doing Wondery, but we have to realise that both Gary V and Wondery, 30 episodes a month, or high-end production, have moved the bar up. And we can no longer rest on our laurels and enjoy the jet stream of Apple and Spotify like we were doing back in 2019 by virtue of being just a podcast host. What we now need to do is focus on where we need to grow our organic traffic. And the reason why, very simply put, is this. Go to Magic Mike. So Magic Mike, my colleague, Barrett, the the engineer at our podcast agency, has his own episode. Go to Magic Mike episode 10. And if you want to find our episodes, we're on Pickle FM. That's fm.pickle.com. And Pickle is P-I-K-K-A-L. Like Google. People always ask, Pickle? Pickle, fm.pickle.com. Go there and you can see podcast maps. You can see Magic Mike, amongst some of the other episodes we published. Magic Mike episode 10, I recommend. This is done by an engineer. It's not going to be like this one, but there's a fascinating interview in episode 10 on Magic Mike where Barrett Magic Mike, talks to Dan Rutstein. Now, Dan Rutstein Is able to edit a podcast whilst taking his dog for a walk with an app. He talks about the app in the the podcast, and this is on his phone. Think about that. Like a couple of years ago, the the real state-of-the-art podcast editing software was the free software like Audacity or maybe Audition is expensive, desktop-bound softwares. And then obviously Anchor launched and it brought in its own online editor. Now we're at the point where you can edit it on the go, on your phone, I believe only iOS. But think about that. It's almost like we're at the point where everybody can record their own music. To record music, really, you don't need much in terms of equipment. You don't need to go to a recording studio anymore. All you need is a guitar and a reasonably decent level of singing maybe and you're away so there's no need for a studio per se and that basically means there are billions of artists out there now and they're all vying to get discovered they're all vying to build an audience and they have to hustle they're on youtube they're building audiences one person at a time What you can't do is simply write a good song and leave it at that. That's the 2019 podcast model. You've got to look at people like Ed Sheeran, who played thousands of gigs before he broke through. He broke through what seemed to be he was that overnight success. But the reality is it was a long, hard road to overnight success. I think what we tend to do is we... Look at all of these different mega hits in podcasting. Go to Brand Originals Podcast. You see some amazing shows on there. And we look at them all and they seem to have come out of nowhere. Like, where did Wondery come from? You know, it was bubbling under for a long time before Amazon bought it. And you can say the same with all of these podcasts. Where did these true crime podcasts come from? They were putting in the graveyard shears for many, many months before they broke through. Yet it's the same with all media, right? Publishing. It's the same in writing a book, in music, same in podcasts. That we have this sample bias, the survivor bias that we see these podcasts blow up like a, maybe a business wars, for example, two to five million downloads. And go and listen to episode four on Podcast Map about business wars. A little bit more on the data there. So if you look at these, you think, well, no, it's just a case of doing the groundwork and publishing my podcast, right? Wrong. Basic supply and demand. In the same way, yeah, we tend to lionize those stories of startups that two guys in the garage or that classic story of she was just writing the book part-time to, you know, do something outside of her teaching job. And then it blew up. You know, you look at the stories of any startup founder or the J.K. Rowling's these people, it, look, it looks easy, but this is survivor bias. We forget about the hundreds of thousands, the millions of wannabe JK Rowlings that never did actually make it. In the same way, it looks really easy to create a Joe Rogan podcast and sell your podcast for $100 million to Spotify. Yet, that's survivor bias. There's only one Joe Rogan. There are millions of wannabes who nobody has heard of. In the same way, it looks easy to write a book about traveling the world and living life on your own terms, like Tim Ferriss, but there's only one Tim Ferriss and there are millions of wannabes. What we have is the situation in podcasting now where there are millions of wannabes. And the only way that we can stand out is not to play their game, and that is, we need to play the game of not simply making a podcast. We need to play the game of promoting the podcast. Now, I think about this like Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, famously once interviewed by a journalist who disagreed with his idea of promoting the book in his own way. This was back in the 80s. And at the time, it was very much done by publishers, not the authors themselves. And he remember, he said at the end of the interview, he put the book down on the table and pointed to the top of the cover where it said his name, and underneath it, it said, Robert Kiyosaki, best-selling author. And he said, that's it. It doesn't say best writing author. And we're in this point now where we are effectively having to sell ourselves to win the attention of an audience who have very much a stretched attention in demand from many, many different people, many, many different sources, many, many different medias vying for their attention. We have to sell ourselves to them to win their attention because ultimately remember it's pay attention look at the 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 grammar there we pay attention we have to pay attention to something it's a finite resource we value it we don't give attention to something we pay attention to something and therefore we have to think as podcast publishers as podcast agencies as podcast agents, podcast hosts, anybody in this space. We have to now think like media. We have to think like other forms of media and look at what's happened in their transformations and histories. You know, I would put it to you this, is that a few rules of thumbs that you can take away from this episode. The top level is, remember this, it's getting harder to promote because it's easier to produce. It's basic supply and demand. Which side are you on? Which side are you doubling down your efforts? Because I guarantee if you're doubling down on production, you're going to get disappointed. You're going to get great guests and your audience won't stack up. And yet this guy over here is getting average guests, but celebrity level audiences. And that's going to piss you off. And the reason? Because she is not focused on production. She is focused on the hard part. That's promotion. As as uh, Seth Godin says in the book, The Dip, he says, every activity has a barrier to entry. And the reason why something is valuable is because of the barrier to entry, because it keeps people out. When you think about that, that most people give up when they get into the dip and the dip with promotion is hard. Most people rely on guests. Most people rely on social media, yet the real hard work, but the work that pays off is on store. So what I put it to you is this. Firstly, easier to produce, harder to promote. Secondly, one podcast episode a month is no longer a good strategy. What you need to do is look at what the average publishing cadence is in your category and then dress your podcast up to match the expectations of your audience. Thirdly, you don't need high production values like Wondery or Noiser, but What you can do is build narratives into your podcast that keep your audience coming back. So I've given you some leads today to go and check out other episodes. Hopefully you'll do that because you're interested in growing your podcast. Most people don't even do that. But go and check out other people's podcasts and see just how much of a missed opportunity that is, especially if they then combine that with a a one-a-month publishing schedule. Fourthly, focus on on on-store promotion. Start with your category. What category are you in? If you want to know the best practices for your podcast category, go back to Podcast Maps episode. Let me just find it. I think it's three. No, sorry. Yeah, two. Episode two of Podcast Maps. Which podcast category should you select? Like, that's probably base one in getting an audience, because that's where your audience is. I'm amazed how many podcasts are simply in the business category and not in any subcategories or in the wrong category, like they're picking the most competitive categories. You can go and position yourself in a different category and get better results because it's an exponential curve. Being a hundred in a big category is much less effective than being 20 in the rankings in a small category. You know, the exponential curve is Amazon, Spotify want to reward all the top ranking podcasts. And if you're ranking 100 in business, doesn't matter how big the business category is, you're going to get nothing. In the same way, they say the best place to bury a dead body today is in page two of Google search results. The same applies to algorithms that effectively are built on limited shelf space. So that's the fourth one and really the fifth one is go and listen to brandoriginalspodcasts.com and go and see what's possible in narratives go and see what's possible if you apply a bit of thought to production values starting with getting a good microphone you want to go and listen to magic mike about his selections of microphones i'm amazed how many people are doing podcasts without microphones right you wouldn't go and present on stage without a microphone Why? Because it makes you audible. And in the same way, in the podcast medium, we can forgive bad video. We see the videos on YouTube, crap, audio, great. That's okay. If the video is bad, but the audio is good, that's okay. But the other way around, unforgivable. Because audio is the base of all Communication. Remember, we learn languages before we can read. We learn, we communicate through our ears, through audio. That's why, I mean, I said it in the last episode, audio, authentic, authority, audience, all the same etymological root. And actually that etymological root comes from the word to feel, to perceive. And in the same way, if you really tune into the sounds of somebody's voice with a good microphone, I'm using the Shure SM7Bs, you can really feel, feel what they're trying to convey to you. You feel the bandwidth. You feel the depth. You feel the emotion that you wouldn't necessarily get in crap audio. Yet, yeah, all of that may be there, but when they sound like they're, podcasting in a bathroom or in a stairwell or with a fan blowing on a microphone which is sitting two meters away from their face or they're loud and the guest is really quiet or there's tons of reverb because they're sitting in a glassy room which is most co-working centers Then, then I'm focusing on that, I'm not focusing on the sound I'm not focusing on the connection that a podcast can create So those are all takeaways. This is Podcast Maps, episode 10. What I'm going to do next in Podcast Maps, I'm going to talk about some of the trends outside of podcasting. In episode 11, I want to talk about Clubhouse. Now, a lot of people are saying, is Clubhouse killing podcasting? Well, I'll put it to you this, that if anything, it's going to help podcasting. Because podcasting firstly, ain't going anywhere because of Clubhouse. And secondly, we have to think about Clubhouse and podcasting in the same way we can think about radio and music back in the day. They both needed each other. They both formed and performed very different functions. So episode 11, come back for Podcast Maps. You can check out all the episodes as well as Magic Mike and all the other publishing from our agency on fm.pickle.com get the latest episode of podcast maps subscribe on your favorite podcast platform you know the drill and episode 11 i'll be back with clubhouse